You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Okay, you want to talk about a shot in the arm? I have one for you. I have been trying to no avail to get a vaccine for my 82-year-old mother who lives in a small town, say under 20,000. And it's not happening. And I have jumped through all of the hoops that they have set before me. And I'm frustrated. I won't say I'm quite angry because I don't know who to be angry at. But it's really frustrating knowing that this smaller community, I think, is being treated unfairly with regarding how many vaccines they're receiving and the way the communication is happening. And I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of it one way or another. So the other day, through a friend of a friend who works at this hospital in this small town, I was given insider information, and it's nothing less than that, that the next day, because of something they read on Facebook, not on this hospital's website, but on Facebook, that the very next morning, starting at 9 a.m., this hospital was going to take the names of the first 1,000 people who called in, and those people would be scheduled to receive a call back to get the vaccine. And it, in big red letters, it stated, this is not a guarantee that you will get the vaccine. This is just putting your name on the list in the hopes of getting them, should we get the allotted amount that we were told we were going to get. So I did this and I literally sat next to my mouse in front of the computer. And as soon as the clock hit nine, I clicked and I registered her. I was so excited. It, this was like, you know, when you call in, in high school and you try to win tickets to a concert and you call in on the radio and you're like, oh, you're the next caller. I actually got oh, through. Yeah. I registered her. And then you're we a good daughter. <laughs> I tried. We waited and we waited. And the next day and the next day, three days later, no call. So I contacted my insider source and he said, oh, I knew of 11 people who signed up and only one got a call back. If she hasn't received a call back now, she's not going to receive one. So I went to the Facebook page, and again, unfortunately, not on the website, but on their Facebook page, in huge red letters, they had a comment that stated, thank you for all of those 1,000 people who called in. We have your names. Unfortunately, we only received 200 vaccines, and those people have already been vaccinated, and they're within the 65 and older age group, and my mother, again, is 82, and there's there's no way it it seems so random and so unfair truthfully why some people are getting them and some aren't now in full disclosure my father who is 87 has received his but only because he happens to be almost uh, a uh, a volunteer i almost said candy striper <laughs> i'm envisioning my father in one of those <laughs> red and white striped yeah. <laughs> He's a volunteer at the hospital. So he didn't even have to get on a list. They contacted him and said, Gordon, you need to get this shot if you're going to come back here. And so he has 
received his first shot. The second one comes next week, but we can't get my mother to get this shot because there's no place that's offering the shot other than the healthcare system there at the hospital. She's contacted and made phone calls. I give her a lot of credit for being 82. She is pretty tech savvy. So she has gone online. She has attempted to register. She has a patient portal. She's content. And you know, they're of that age group where they know their doctor so well that it's quite possible they go to each other's homes for dinner thinking. And so she's been saying, well, you know, I know my doctor really well, and maybe he can just get me in, which is not fair. And she has asked, and thankfully he hasn't, but he just said, you know, truthfully, you, we don't have it. We don't have it here. And there's no rhyme or reason at the moment as to why facilities are getting the amount that they're getting or not the amount that they're getting. So that's what has me so up in arms, get the pun. Mm -hmm. That's what has me so up in arms about all of this is because it seems like there's inequity in the distribution of the vaccines according to what, that's what I don't know. It's all seems political. And I hate to think that that's what this is all about, but it just doesn't seem fair and I'm, I'm certain that the hospital themselves are probably equally as frustrated knowing how many people are out there waiting to get this shot in that community. And knowing 50 miles away, there are people getting through the system, waiting in seven distinct lines at the MSU Pavilion, Michigan State University, getting through, getting in and getting out in under two hours. And they're vaccinating hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So that's why I'm upset and I still need some answers, but trying to wait patiently. Can I rub salt in the wound? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go girl. Okay. So my daughter who is 21, right? She's, you know, she's kind of taken over the role of, I'm going to get us all on the list so that we're on the list when, you know, whenever the vaccines are available. Okay. And, um, I'm in no hurry. I already had COVID and, um, and and my, you know, everybody else was young except for Brian. So it would be great if Brian got the vaccine, but he's really a super duper healthy guy. And we're just not, how can I say, we're just not in a big hurry ourselves as a family, but knowing that we're going to have to get it so that eventually everybody's going to have to get it so that they can probably, you'll probably have to show your papers somewhere to get on a plane or to go to school or whatever. Okay. That's how they'll probably make it mandated. But that's just my own opinion, but here's the salt in the wound. She goes over to a friend's house who is in the healthcare industry, just the industry. Okay. She is in, she's like a sales rep. Okay. Or a coordinator. She coordinates um, in-home care. So if somebody needs IVs of some sort at home, when they leave the hospital, she uh, just coordinates this, right? She is 31 years old and she already got her vaccine. And I said, well, why did, you know, and, and then, so Gabby had gone over to there, hung out with her and she's telling Gabby, well, don't you guys own, we're part owner in a, healthcare company. Okay. We do on-site medical testing. 
And uh, this gal said, well, don't you guys, you know, own what, you know, BioCare? And I'm like, yeah. And she said, well, you know, you could get on the list. Your whole family can get on the list and get your vaccine. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. Why would I go in front of somebody like your mom, Becky, who's 82 years old? She's waiting desperately to get this vaccine. And here are these people that to me, they're cutting, they're cutting in line, which really irks me when somebody cuts in line at Myers or at Kroger or wherever, but, right, but it's, it's like, why are you doing that? I don't, I don't understand. And I know, obviously she's not the only one, right? She's not the right. only one. They're using right. the loopholes that they can find to cut the line, to get the vaccine early. And I think, to myself, you're young and healthy. What are you doing? Um, but, and you don't even, she doesn't even interact like with patients. So I just don't even understand. But so to me, that's salt in the wound. And, and to me, it's just like every other political situation or any other time you get government involved in anything, it is so messed up because they owe favors, right? They have to give all their cronies, all the people who they owe favors to, they have to get them ahead of everybody else. They got to pay back for, for getting them elected. And that's why you shouldn't have elected officials doling out vaccines or, or money for that state. So, so then they're going to make you pay if you were not on their side. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure... If, if this is political, although I, I think probably in Michigan, from what you're saying, it sounds like it is more political, certainly than it is in mm-hmm. Texas. But um, I, I think that the entire nationwide vaccine program has been extremely disorganized. I think that the vaccine came out right as we were having the election, which was a huge mess. And, you know, that challenges and all of these other things. And I think the vaccine kind of got pushed aside. And I remember that we talked about once before that some people were complaining that they weren't getting, some states were complaining that they weren't getting the amount of vaccines that they'd been promised. And they blamed it on the drug companies and the drug companies came back and said, Hey, we've got the vaccine. Nobody's ordering it. You've got to place the order. So I think that to the point of the federal government being involved in anything, it's a mess. They, we have got the worst people, and I don't mean their character, I mean their ability to make things happen in some ways is just terrible because we have fomented a culture in our government of things being pretty darn easy. People don't take initiative. They don't like they do in private companies. They, you know, you have to get up and work every day and do your best to make your company work. Where in the government, you get a paycheck no matter what. So, so people just don't make the effort. I think that they make in private business. And if you gave this job of getting this vaccine out to a private company, I think it would work ever so much better. And Becky, for your mom, I mean, that's just so distressing to hear because I can't imagine that 
in your county that you would have to, you know, have this problem getting somebody that's 82 vaccinated. Um, I'm certainly not 82. I get to get my vaccine in the next few days. And I'm thrilled about that. And I didn't have to call anybody. They let me know that it was available. Now I know that here in Texas, there's a number of places that you can go. Now they don't always have vaccine. You have to wait till there's vaccine available, but we can go to CVS pharmacies. We can go to Walgreens. Uh, we can go to like our, our HEB markets. You know, they have pharmacies inside. They give the vaccine. They're um, doing that I, now. Yes. I can go online um, to the DHS. You can go online and I'll send you the site and you can look. None of those places here. That's not happening here. Well, you should no. be able to look nationwide as to where the vaccine is available. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll send you what I know, but yes, it's for a while, I did spend time looking around where I could get it, but everything said, all of the places I just mentioned said that they did not have the vaccine at that time. So you have to wait till you know vaccines come. But then what happens is I'm part of the UT University of Texas health system they contacted myself and my husband and said, okay, there's vaccine that's available. There's appointments available, you know, go online to here and make your appointment. And I literally was sitting in front of my computer at work when that email came in and I did it in three seconds. I'm telling you, uh -huh. because I know that it would be gone. That brings another point to light Linda in that the inequities in all of this are, are mm -hmm. heartbreaking. Because unless you are, unless you're tech savvy or even back up, what about the people who are low income, can't afford internet? So they don't have internet. They don't have a computer. If you're, if I hadn't been on Facebook and seen a message from someone I knew decades ago, who just happens to be married to somebody who works in the hospital and had that information, I would have never known because the hospital itself was not putting that information and did not ever put that information out on their website. So you had to know somebody to know somebody or just happen to be on that. It's very inequitable. And mm -hmm. there are many, many people that are going to wait a very long time because they don't have access. And have you seen any commercials, any, no. right, any uh, public service announcements on no. television? that say, you know, the, this, the, you know, this is where the, the vaccine is right. No, but, but they can spend millions of dollars on campaign ads. So. Yeah. Well, and the pharmacies and doctor's offices are not offering this within our, let's say within 50 to a hundred miles of us at least. And I'm not aware of you know, up north in Michigan or down south in Michigan, but mm -mm. I've not heard anybody say I can go to this major pharmacy chain no. or these stores. It's mm -mm. just, it's not available. Well, that's who should know. I mean, the doctors should know the answer to those questions. Right. And what and you're they saying don't. is that they don't. They don't. Okay. They do not. And, and, you know, in the meantime, you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at what, 32 mm -hmm. years old, getting the vaccine. And I don't understand right. that she's not in any risk position and she stepped in no. front of other people. 
So, and, and I have no doubt that that Hollywood people or people with money are being able to, to get the vaccine. So, but I agree with you. And, and you know what, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna help and see what we can find out too, Becky, because that is so important to people and to families. And uh, you definitely want to get your mom vaccinated. Now, oh, yeah. my, my sisters have been vaccinated. And a question that I asked them is, Hey, how was it? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, did you have problems? How was it? Yeah. They, well, what they say, they just said that their arm was sore and they didn't have, Oh, they, they did have the little, like very slight, like a headache and a little bit achy mm-hmm. next day. And that was it. Yep, so that's what I they have not yet had their second dose, which is supposed to be, kind of maybe the reaction a little bit worse. So when I get my vaccine, we'll come back on and we'll talk about, you know, how the, the um, side effects are, but I am going to stay where I get the vaccine for 30 minutes after, because I do get anaphylactic reactions. So I want to, of course, Mm -hmm. make sure I don't get one to this. I don't see anything in the vaccine that will bother me, but I still want to stay for a while and just make sure before I leave. But other than that, I'm excited because I want to, I want to live my life again, you know, get back to living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a mention, Linda, you mentioned celebrity. And when we come back, I have something I want to talk about regarding celebrity and the vaccine. So tying right into each other. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do that. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Well, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down. Uh, You were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list, and they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Okay, in my search for finding a vaccine for my 82-year-old mother, let's just call her an octogenarian. She doesn't act like one. She's... (laughs) She's a very active and very social, you know, which is part of part of the deal. She wants to get back to living. My parents, we've been the ones trying to keep my parents down because they want to go and they they're more social than we are. It's crazy good at 82 and 87. But in my search for the vaccination, I ran across a random thing. It was celebrities that are getting the vaccine, young celebrities that are getting the vaccine such as Tyler Perry, who was approached by the Atlanta's grade, Atlanta's Grady Health System about raising awareness by getting the shot. And I, and I cannot say, because I didn't read the rest of the article, whether he went ahead and got the shot or not, but some of these companies 
are actually contacting celebrities to say, well, you know, if George Clooney or if Tyler Perry or Lady Gaga gets the shot, then everybody will think it's okay. And then they'll get the shot. So that kicked off something else for me that really has almost always bothered me, probably post teenage years, because everybody gets at when they're teens, they're enamored by celebrity and okay, I kind of worshipped Sean Cassidy for a little while. <laughs> that just dated. Me, didn't I know. Yeah, I was young. I was young and dumb. He so. was too feminine for me. <laughs> I was on a dance show with him. Are you jealous? Oh, no yes. way! You're kidding, John. So this really bothers me to think that celebrity. Two things the whole celebrity issue thing bothers me, but then the use of celebrities for promotion when companies contact like Atlanta's Grady health system, celebrities carry such tremendous influence just because they are a celebrity. They may have zero knowledge and or experience in the health field. And yet, because of their name, because of their face, and because of how much they're worshipped by the general public, they're going to be used to that degree for whatever promotion, such as the health system, and in this case, the vaccine, is needed. And I, I think that inherently, the whole worship of celebrity thing is just sad and wrong, I, I know I've done it as a teenager. I did it. You get caught up so quickly and so easily, but there's just so many sanctions to what it is about celebrity. And it goes so far back. It goes back to the 18th century for people who became familiar really with groundless affection. And that's, that's the basis in my mind as to what celebrity is groundless affection. And I hate to say that, when Hollywood began with the movies in the 1920s, that groundless affection is a perfect description of why people fell in love with Rudolph Valentino and mm-hmm. uh, Carrie, well, Cary Grant and why can't I, um, frankly, oh, Scarlett Taylor. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I'm oh, thinking yeah. Clark Gable, Clark Gable. Elizabeth, well, yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. Who didn't want to look like Elizabeth Taylor when she was 20? And and so mm-hmm. it really seems to be, you know, you hear stories about people sitting out at cafes and they were discovered. Well, how were they discovered? They were discovered because they were beautiful. They were attractive. Mm-hmm. And, and the people from Hollywood saw that and said, you know what? People are going to love this person on the big screen because they're beautiful. So America places a lot of emphasis on beauty. And I think the, the whole world does, but for, if, and not having lived in another country, it seems like America is just completely preoccupied and enamored with celebrity. Don't even get me started about the Kardashians. I don't oh know. I don't know what that is except beauty worship. And it's, it's, and it's exaggerated. Fake it is fake. I was, yeah, I was trying to come up with another word, but it's exaggerated beauty. It's take away the surgeries, the Botox, mm-hmm. the injections, and and the the money and the pampering, and 
it's, I don't, it's not right. It really bothers me why we can't be real and why we can't admire people for being real and why the focus is just so deeply ingrained regarding celebrity in this country. Well, and I think that celebrity is, I don't know, it's not something that I respect a lot, but for all of history, people have love to be entertained and it goes way back to as long as you can look in history, they love to be entertained. And so that's mm-hmm. what these people are providing. And, you know, they mm-hmm. can act and they can, you know, become somebody else and they can put us into a world for a moment of time that, you know, we're taken out of our own world and we're looking at a great movie or something. And I, Hey, that's great because I think that people need that escape, but celebrity to me has become almost ugly. They need to keep their nose and their mouths out of politics and they need to do what they do and not tell all of us what to do. That's where they've lost me completely. And there's so many celebrities that I boycott now I I don't respect most of their lifestyles money. When you get that much money that a lot of these people have, they are into serious drugs, which by the way are illegal. So, so they are, you know, (laughs) flaunting the law at the same time. They're doing what they want to do. They are, their lives are one of, you know, cheating on their partner, their spouse, they're, they're, they're just, I just think that they actually lose the quality of life that I have, that, that I have in the security of my marriage and my home and my children. Those are things that I value a great deal. And I feel like celebrities don't really value that. It's a throwaway life. It's so for these people who have no self-control in their own lives to be telling all of us what to do or to be people that we want to emulate, I, I'm not feeling it. And I, I wish that our kids wouldn't idolize them, although I understand why they do. And, you know, to have that talent would be amazing. I certainly don't have it. But on the other hand, you know, we've, we've, lost our good role models as celebrities. And to me, a lot of them are train wrecks at this point. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really agree. I think that um, it's interesting when you look at, at truly the influence that celebrities have on that they can have on American policy on actually um, you know, not just in, in America, but when you look at how Angelina Jolie and Ben Affleck have been drawing media attention to the civil war in the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, right? Um, it's it's amazing that they they have more influence and pull than the local politicians or local government um, who actually are involved in the situation. It, it, it's just, it's mind boggling to me how much influence celebrity has. And I, I mean, I, what also comes over our culture, over our children's self-esteem, 
of who they, how they see themselves. Uh, I, I go back to the Super Bowl of last year and how excited everybody was to have J-Lo and I can't remember her name just because I'm having some timers right now. But, uh, um, oh, Shakira. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shakira, two very beautiful women, right? But here they are. It's a family program and they look like strippers. Okay. They really do. And then what do you have? You have J-Lo singing a song with her 12-year-old daughter, okay, yeah. uh, right after she jumps off the stripper pole, okay? And it's like, hello? While her daughter's on stage, and I, I just don't understand why that's, I don't understand why that's okay and why it's celebrated. Why is that celebrated? Why is it's- that okay? It's a whole nother show. Empowering. It's, it's a whole a, nother show. I don't understand. It's a whole nother show of a loss of morals. Well, right. There, there and, are no and, morals. These people are insulated none. from reality mm-hmm. in so many ways. They mm-hmm. have handlers and they have agents and they have mm-hmm. walls and they have all you know bodyguards. They they don't live the same life that mm-hmm. we all live. And no. So when when they speak, it's not from the the same perspective as we all have (laughs) as to what's important in life they've they've lost that I look at somebody like I don't know Justin Bieber if you remember (laughs) when Justin Bieber was 16 years old or 14 however old he was and he did his YouTube video and he got noticed he was an innocent cute little guy (laughs) and look at him now I mean with the tattoos all over his neck and his (laughs) and I mean, he, he has lived a train wreck life. I don't admire that. Not one bit. Because, no. Because that's, is that what Hollywood and celebrity does to you? It, it, it puts you mm-hmm. in the position to be taking cocaine and all kinds of different drugs all the time. And that's what you're spending your money on. And I, I just, I just don't get it. I, I don't get that mm-hmm. kind of life. It's a loss of morals I, I, and money. And that is a dangerous combination. Mm-hmm. Truly, absolutely, and it's and the sad thing is, is that then then they try to tell us, they try to tell us how to live, right? They try to tell the average person, you know, in America, how to vote, um, and if they don't vote a certain way, that that they'll be canceled, that they'll be, you know, they'll be, um, you're basically on the wrong side of history. That's what I'm saying, Judy, about it bothers me that celebrity has this kind of influence mm-hmm. based on but what do you what? do? You know, you actually, that's a good question. And as far as I'm concerned, and I can only deal with what I have in my immediate circle. And because of COVID, that circle's really mm-hmm. tiny. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. trying to assist with my 20 year old's ideas on life. And mm-hmm. I, um, she doesn't have, well, I can't say that she kind of has a thing for one direction and Harry Styles, <laughs> <laughs> but teaching your children, the morals, uh, and in our case, the Christian faith, but giving them the morals, even for, even for people that don't have a faith, just to be a good moral person shows you where things mm-hmm. have gone awry in the world of celebrity 
because with the money typically comes mm-hmm. the money and fame comes choices that are inherently bad for yourself and society, the drugs, the abuse, the adultery mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the plastic surgery, the loss of mm-hmm. self-esteem and filling up that need with money and drugs mm-hmm. and other things. And so I don't, it's sad. It's just very sad the way that society uses these people to influence, even though there's no basis for it. So it has to start at home. You teach your children what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. Those are the basics. Those are the fundamentals that mm-hmm. everybody should have from the time you're a thimble. But that's not happening because you have a lot of parents who are very enamored with Hollywood and or I had friends who had a sister who was just completely taken over by the Princess Die era. And it, it, that's, she lived to look like her and wear clothes like her and have haircuts like her and think like her and want to have that kind of money. And when you can teach your kids to be real and genuine and what's important and where your value is. Well, and you can mm-hmm. point out the, what these people actually lose in life because Quite honestly, I don't think a lot of them are happy. I I think that they live their life in a bubble that is so insulated from reality and and they have so much money. So when you have that much money, it's, well, what can you do next to please yourself? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, for for me, if if I had some extra money, I, I don't know, I might go, I don't know what I would get at this point in my life, but I might go mm-hmm. buy something very simple, but they have so much money that they can buy everything. So what's next? It's going to be the things mm-hmm. like the drugs and things to escape from reality. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but I know that for my husband and I, when we see, for example, if you have the Grammys or if you have the Academy Awards and they talk politics it's off. Mm-hmm. I, I will not mm-hmm. watch it. Mm-hmm. And that's my little mm-hmm. boycott. And I won't watch right. those actors movies either. And therefore, mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of movies anymore, because I, right. I don't respect what they're doing with the way that they're, they're including politics, as though they mm-hmm. are some sort of expert to tell everybody else mm-hmm. what to do, when their own lives are complete train wrecks. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes I think that, um, well, first off, you, I, you said something that really stood out to me, Becky. Um, one sentence was it, it, how society uses them. And it's true. It, I mean, that's exactly what our culture does. They just use these people. And when they're done with them, they throw them away. Yeah. Um, when I look at, we're just talking about J-Lo, right? She did the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And everybody, wow, what an empowered the Super Bowl booty. La, la, la. Right, exactly. And then she did, uh, she sang the, was it the Star Spangled Banner or something at the inauguration? And then inserted one of her old songs into it, okay? Oh. And now all the media is is banished her and they've, uh, now they're all upset with her because she was so self-absorbed that she had to, you know, um, add her own lyrics to, you know, this patriotic song. And wow. 
the problem is our society built her up so much that she believed her own press, right? And and now now they're throwing her away. And the whole thing is is that we just use them. We what a great example, Judy, of all of this. Thank you. That's a perfect example of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's cra- it's craziness. And um, so I don't know. What do we do? I you know, like you said, we just have to keep. Um, our own families and our own children grounded in who they are, you know, and and for us, you know, um, our family has never been super celebrity crazed, you know, Um, I don't think the girls have any major crushes on anybody. They don't have any posters of anybody up in their room. They never did. Um, And I really liked that piece of it I mean she did was uh, vote for the singers on American Idol and sometimes we'd make posters that we'd hold up in the living room right when they were kids go whatever your name is I don't know whoever won American Idol and it was fun but um but as for like the idol idolizing for us as a family it's making sure that they're grounded in Christ and grounded in their, that their self-image is tied to him and what he thinks of them, not what this world thinks of them. So I, in the end, I think it's just, you got to take care of your own people at home. And so now the next segment, we're going to talk about renaming schools, which is really interesting to me. Listen to the Ladies of Liberty sound off on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Well, before we get started talking about schools and renaming them, speaking of names, I'd like to introduce our host today. We have Becky Kolmeinen, and Becky is a voice talent. She is extremely talented at being a voice talent, uh, <laughs> you hear her voice on some of the commercials in between our shows on America Out Loud. She is also a wife and mother and hails from Michigan. And we have Judy Moran, who is uh, one of the owners of the 12-week year, a fantastic way of making your life more organized and getting more done and reaching your goals. And it's a program that I have looked at myself and heard her husband speak on. So uh, they've done a phenomenal job with that. And I always say that Judy is my 
version of the female Rod Stewart. She also is a wife and mother and also <laughs> hails from Michigan. And I'm Linda Martinelli. I am also a business owner and entrepreneur and the host along with my husband, Dr. Ron Martinelli of Talking While Married right here on America Out Loud at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. So let's get right to our subject of changing the names of schools. There was an article about changing the names of 44 schools in San Francisco. And why would they want to change the names? They want to change the names because they think that the people who the schools are named at, let's like Abraham Lincoln and many um, of our founding fathers were racist or they owned slaves or, you know, whatever the situation is that they decided in San Francisco that they need to change the names. And I honestly, I mean, I just think it's terrible to change the names of our schools from people that helped found this country we need to realize that the time of history that this happened in, that these people lived as they founded America, as they developed the constitution and all of the wonderful things that they did was a different time. It was a different time in history. And slavery at that time was not how we see it now. It was something that actually helped build America. And we can teach our children today that slavery today is wrong. It still exists in the world in so many places. But at the time that we were building America, it was the way that it was in history. And I don't feel that we should take these names off because what, what you're doing is... These people who have schools named after them are important characters in our history of America. And I don't think that you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't take their name off and take away everything that they did for America because they may have owned a slave at a time when it was perfectly fine to own a slave. And you're assuming that they mistreated their slaves as well. You know, that this is just, I think we've gone overboard. And I want to know how you ladies feel about it. Well, one, one piece of this uh, for me is, I, so the whole reason that they're doing this is, is they want the, um, the, minority in this case, right, to feel better about themselves, right, to, uh, their, for their self-image to be a positive one. And they're saying that because uh, the names on these schools are of people, like you said, who, who might have owned slaves or um, had a role in, in the whole slavery situation, that, that we need to X them out now. We have to just completely banish them from really from history, from our American history. And I, I, it, it totally baffles me because they're going to, 
spend millions of dollars. Think about what they're going to have to do to rename each one of these schools. You have to have, so not just, it's not just giving it a new name. They have to have new signage, all new, all new uniforms. They have to redo the gyms, paint every, you know, all of the the insignias uh, on the gym floor, all of the textbooks now have to, you know, all of that has to be removed from all the textbooks. Um, They're going to think about this. How much money are they going to spend millions of dollars? And, And just in the San Francisco area, that area has a budget deficit already that could reach 75 million by the next school year. They don't even have enough money now to run their schools now. And they want to spend more money to make people feel better. I, I think they've lost their minds. And it's a half a million dollars at least of the mm-hmm. money to make these changes. Mm-hmm. And let me just, mm-hmm. let me just say some of those schools names that they want to change real quick. Uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Muir, the Spanish priest, Unipero Sarah, uh, Paul Revere, Francis Scott Key, who composed the star spangled banner and Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. I'm okay with that one, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but the, those those are some of the people. And I almost doubt that many of our kids in today's world know who half these people are. I mean, we don't no. teach history and civics the way that we used to. So I, I, these are important people in history. Becky, don't you think that this is a little overboard? You know, I honestly am saying I can see both sides. And I, I am, this is a little bit of a struggle for me because some, in some instances, I am all for these things. And in other cases, I'm not. So I'm sharing that I'm not clear cut on this one. I'm reading in this article here where one of the names of one of the schools that is considering change, or they're not sure if they have changed it or considering changing it. It states that one example was Roosevelt Middle School, where board members did not appear to know which former president Roosevelt the school was named for, despite <laughs> deciding to remove the name anyway. So there is a, there appears to be some either misinformation, lack of information, or uh, when, what's the word? Not negligence, but they don't care. As, maybe <laughs> ignorance is a word where people are, un- they're, they're not educated on some of these people. And I know, I mean, there are, okay, here's my ignorance. Was this the 56th president that we just, that just got into office? Or, 46, 46, 46. Yeah. That's okay. I've lost count, but, but that, that as being a point, I can't name all 46 presidents. And I don't, at one point, maybe I did if my reward was a candy bar in the classroom or something, but I don't, I, I don't keep all that information in my head. And if it weren't for schoolhouse rock, I wouldn't know how a bill becomes a law. So, right. (laughs) 
this is this is a bit of a challenge for me and i grew up spending a good deal of time in georgia with family and the mindset of the people in georgia is very different than it is in michigan there is a dividing line across the united states that mason dixon line is real it's still real it's still there there's a very different mindset today about such things and the mindset back then was ex- night and day it's completely different however some of the fundamentals do not change regarding slavery in that it's never it never has been okay to have slaves even egyptian wanting the israelites it's never been slavery has always been there but as far as i'm concerned it's slavery in our country has produced some instrumental things in america very important things and literally the building of buildings would not have happened were it not for the population of slaves but the whole idea behind it i like i said another show for that yeah i want to see i want to challenge that because you are looking at it from today's history from today uh, and i but, agree that that it, we we would never have this today but in back in the days in the 1700s it it was acceptable and you know it wasn't just white people that brought slaves over it was also people of color that that did the same but when you take George Washington who was the first president of the United States when you take his name off a of school, I, I just I just object to that. He presided at the Constitutional Convention, which established our Constitution. That is who America is. This man did far more good in life than anything that he did badly. And there's no one to say that his slaves were not, if he had slaves, were not very well treated. Ultimately people that were brought to our country, whether you agree or disagree with it, ended up in America probably having a better life than they would have had where they came from, at least their ancestors did. So the people of today that are descendants of slaves, no, nobody's saying that slavery is right, but to take these people who did so much for America, Father Unipro Sarah, I mean, how, how do you take his name off of school? These are, these are people that in history have made America, you know, the, the, the country that it is, which is the best country on earth. I, I, I just can't, I think that we should teach our kids who these people are, teach them their good and bad points if you'd like to do mm-hmm. that. But you have to put it in the context of the time that they live, not in the context of 2021. True. However, I I think I would argue that the, yes, it was acceptable, but in my mind, never okay. And I think that makes a big difference is that it was acceptable because it was part of our culture and our society. 
but I don't think it was ever okay. And right. George Washington, having been to his incredible home, having stepped foot and walked through his house and stood in the bedroom where he died and sat out in the rocking chairs at his beautiful mansion overlooking the Potomac. Uh, it's been one of my favorite moments in life. And I admire and respect that man. I've walked through the slave quarters that he had there. And I think he was definitely an exception as far as how he treated his slaves, his unpaid help. Um, and, and again, I can't truly speak to that, not being a descendant or not having seen actual treatment, but I love George Washington and I would, I would think it very, very, very tragic to remove his name from a building. And like I read from this article, some of these people don't even know which Roosevelt their school is named after. They haven't right. looked into this. I think jumping <laughs> into doing these things without thinking further on it and possibly coming up with other solutions would be a better way than to have the knee-jerk reaction that seems to be taking place of, you know what, because Black Lives Matters, let's just take down anything and everything that has to do with <laughs> anything regarding yeah. the ill treatment of African-Americans or, yeah. or Black people. I think as there needs to be much more. As if just having the name up there, as if just having the name up there uh, supports slavery that it it supports like you know slavery to me is completely wrong i think that the point is being missed that just by mm -hmm. re removing these people's names because they owned slaves and i'm i'm going to say right now i don't care how well somebody treated somebody else no human being should ever be owned by another right. human being ever right. for right. any reason whatsoever and it's, it's completely wrong. And no matter what, um, you know, what time you lived in history, it's always wrong. The challenge for me is that when you remove these people's names from these buildings and you try to cancel them out from history, okay, you, I think that you're missing the point. We should just leave those schools with the names that are on there and have discussions. So this, you know, this is George Washington Elementary. Who was George Washington? Why did we name our school after him? Mm -hmm. What good did he do? Okay. Was he human? Yes. He owned slaves. Was that wrong? Let's have a discussion about that. Um, and use it to teach all of our, the future generations and to learn from our history instead of just canceling it out. I, it's almost like anything, anything that represents racism. Okay. They think that, that, uh, for instance, I have, and I don't know what to do with them. So, you know, those really heavy uh, lawn ornaments that people used to have in the their jocks. front yard. Yeah. Yep. So I have two of those um, that were my grandmother's. Okay. Now I see these, I, I, they're hidden. I don't know what to do with them. Okay. 
You I don't know, know what might be interesting them. to do with and them is to donate them to a museum. I should because and because if you see the other ones around or whatever, and their faces are painted white, like oh. that, like you're painting over right yeah. our history. And right. um and okay, so you know you're right. I I think I will seek that out to um uh in my area to donate them to a museum. I people have said to me you should you need to destroy those, and I thought and I tell them. I don't want to destroy them. I want, I want to learn from them. I want to understand why it was okay <clears throat> and how we as a nation let it happen. Um, and it's, it's great. It's a great discussion piece. Um, and I am not racist because they're, they're, you know, I have them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, having the discussion, Judy, is so instrumental to bringing about change good and bad. Mm -hmm. But I do mm -hmm. think that people need to stop and think before they're tearing these things yeah. down, they just need, we need to have some more discussion about this and education. Mm -hmm. I, under, I understand mm -hmm. the push right now for all of this because there's anger involved. Yeah. So yeah. one of, one thing tied into that, Linda, is Martin Luther King Day. Why do they have that off of school? Why school closed on Martin Luther King Day? Why shouldn't schools be in session learning about him instead of, and, and the president's day? I'm not sure if they take president's day off, but if, if schools were closed on president's they day, do. they do. Why, why aren't the kids in school on president's day learning about all the presidents learning about our history instead of having the day off, which teaches everyone nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think oh, we're going to Orlando. I want to go to Florida for President's Day. <laughs> I, I, think you that, do. I think the schools <laughs> need to get their priorities straight and get our kids back in school and get them learning again and have these discussions. And that would be far more productive and less costly than changing the names and taking the names of important historical figures in America's history off the schools. And with that, we will talk more about it next time. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 